So take your Bibles this morning, and, and I'm, going to, I'm not going to start in Psalms 46. I'm going to start in Exodus, and uh, I encourage you to look up some of these verses and, and see what they say. Let me, let me just begin with one verse in Romans, Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. Because this is, this is the scripture that I'm going to end with. Romans fact, chapter 5 and verse 20 And if you know where I'm ending, you can kind of see where we're going. If you see a light out there, and if you were like me one time, I was lost in the woods and had been lost from 10 o'clock that morning till about 10 o'clock that night. Well, about 8 o'clock that night, as I was in the deep in the National Forest, I could see a headlight every now and then through the woods, and I'd head toward that light. And then I'd stop because I wouldn't see a headlight again for a long time. And then when I saw that light, I'd head toward it again. So uh, you'll know where we're headed. Romans chapter 5 and verse 20 says this, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Now let me explain that. God gave laws. He said, Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not covet. Now, had he not given us these laws, we might not know that killing was wrong. We might not know that committing adultery was wrong. We might not know that coveting was wrong. But it says, the law entered that the offense might be brought into the spotlight. That's why, the, that's why God gave the law. But then the end of this verse says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace did much more abound. So that's the direction and that's where we're headed to this morning. All right. According to the Webster Dictionary, the word refuge, it has four different definitions and I want to read these definitions to you. The first definition was shelter or protection from danger or difficulty. Now, I want you to know some people not, might not consider the roof of a house a place of refuge unless you were in the hurricane this week and you were over in North and South Carolina and the water came up and you were in the house and it was filling up your house and when you finally decided to get outside the house and climb up on the roof, let me tell you, a rooftop is a place of refuge. It's a place of safety. It was a place of shelter for those who were being evacuated by these floods. So shelter or protection from danger or difficulty. A second definition is a person or a thing that gives protection, help, or comfort. Now I want you to know immediately in my mind, some of you may not even remember uh, when there was a coup, in other words a group of military people decided to take over the small island of Grenada well, we had, some, we had some college students down there, some American college students. The submarine that I was on, uh, we immediately departed from South Carolina and we headed to Grenada where this conflict was taking place. There was a group of these college students uh, sheltered up in this college room. They all packed into one little area. And then when our Marines showed up on the beach and they come up the hill when those uh, members of that military saw the United States Marines, I want you to know they turned and ran the other way. 
And when those Marines entered that building where our college students were, I want you to know these men became a refuge for this group of people. So you see, not only is a refuge maybe a place where you can find protection and shelter, but refuge can be a people or a group of people uh, where you can find refuge. I mean, many times you see these hostage situations on TV nowadays, and these people are in the building, and when the policemen show up, and these people are able to run out of the building and get behind a policeman or a police car, they have found refuge in the people. Number three is a place of safety or shelter. It's a place of safety or shelter. I'm reminded in the Scriptures where King David was being pursued by Saul, the king that was trying to kill him. And if you'll remember, he found shelter or refuge in a cave. He would hide from the the one that was pursuing him. He would find refuge in that place. So refuge can be a place of safety or a shelter. Now this is the one that we're going to be addressing today. Now this, this one kind of starts off kind of funny. An expediency. Now that word expediency means something that is done in a hurry. It's expedient. It's something that we need to do right this minute. And then it goes on, that definition goes, an expediency or its action to taken to escape the consequences. Action that is taken to escape the consequences. And this is something that has to be done right now. It has to be done in a hurry because if you don't do something in a hurry, if you don't do it quickly, the consequences of that, you're going to have to suffer the consequences. I was thinking in my mind here as we're saying it, uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, we would take black cats, black cats, firecrackers, and we would open them things up and get all the gunpowder of them, and we would try to make one great big one, wrap that thing, and I see some heads shaking out there, and we'd wrap that thing in duct tape and make it as tight as we could. Uh, don't shake your head at me, Miss Harbuck. She's, I know I'm making suggestions, aren't I? I know. Hey, but now let me tell you, when you lit the fuse on that baby, you better be expedient and get out of the way because it was quite an explosion. Because, I mean, we would take packages and packages and wrap them tight. Anyway, so expediency. To keep from having to experience the consequences. So now watch this. Watch this this morning. I hope you stay with me. We're fixing to read some Old Testament Scriptures. And we're going to read these Old Testament Scriptures and we, I want you to know there are consequences for some actions here. And the, the, what some of these people needed as a consequence, they needed a place of refuge. They needed somewhere to go and hide, somewhere to flee to so they don't suffer the consequences for their actions that they have just taken. So what we're going to look at, we're going to look at a couple of verses this morning and again, I hope that you're following with me and, and you're going to have to kind of keep up and go ahead of me to, to keep up with the Scriptures. But in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 13, this is where God lists the Ten Commandments. And one of those commandments is real easy to understand. Thou shalt not kill. Now, do I need to explain that to anyone? I think that's pretty self-evident. Pretty easy to understand. We are not to take the life 
of any other person. In Genesis chapter 9, and you'll find this very interesting, this is one of the very first laws that God enacted with Noah. When Noah got off of the ark, this is one of the things that God told Noah. And if you don't have this scripture underlined in your Bible, this is a very important scripture. And this is what it says in Genesis 9 and 5. It says, And surely your blood of your lives will I require. In other words, I want you to know life is in the blood, and if someone takes your blood, I am going to require something to be avenged for that. So I'm going to start again. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast will I require it. And at the hand of a man, at the hand of every man's brother, will I require the life of man. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God may he, made he man. Let me tell you what that said. This is what it said. It says from now on, starting today, If anybody or anything takes the life of a man, I require that blood to be avenged. There's a difference between being avenged and revenge. That blood has to be avenged. In other words, there is a cost because this life now is gone. There has got to be a payment for that. If you go out in the woods and a lion jumps out and kills a man... It is that brother, the brother of that man, or the kinsman, it is the requirement of that man to hunt that lion down and take that lion's life because it's blood for blood. Blood for blood. If someone in here goes and kills someone else, it is the requirement of the kinsman to go and take the life of the one that killed your brother or your kinfolk. That was the law. God says, because man is made in my image from now on, blood for blood. I require it. Cut, plain, nothing else. Blood for blood. Don't ask any questions. That was what the law required. In Exodus 21 and verse 24 and 25, this is what it says. This is God's law, eye for an eye. Some of you know the next phrase. Tooth for a tooth. Burning for burning. Wound for wound. Stripe for stripe. Do I need to explain that? If I accidentally, listen to this, if I accidentally stand up here and knock something off and it hits Jenny in the eye and her eye pops out, do you know what the law required? The law required her kinfolk to come and find me and poke out my eye. Eye for eye. If somehow I get burned and I'm over at John's house and and John's does something that burns me, the law required my kinfolk to go to John's house and burn him exactly the same way. If someone is at school and somebody comes up to school and hits Josh, it was required of Josh's family to go find that person and hit them back. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, burn for burn, stripe for stripe, death for death. Poop. That's it. That's the law. 
No exceptions. It doesn't matter whether I accidentally done it to Jenny or if I did it to her on purpose. It was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Accident or on purpose, the motive had no dealings with this at all. If her eye got put out, I was guilty of putting her eye, whether it was intentional or accidental, her eye was wounded, my eye would have to be wounded. That's the law. That's the law. Exodus 21, verse 12. It just This is what it says. Anyone who strikes a man and kills him shall surely be put to death. Now, does anybody, does anybody have any confusion concerning what the law said in those days? This was it. Death for death, period. That's what it says. So what we have to see is that God says there is going to be an avenger to take this and to do what the law has carried out. There's no wiggle room. There is none. And I, I want you to know again, let me, let me jump to the end of this sermon so you'll understand where we're going. Do you understand the Scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is guilty. The Bible tells us, for the wages of sin is death, and that is no wiggle room. Everyone in this room, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Every single one of us is guilty and deserve death. That's what we deserve. Praise God, there's grace. And praise God, there's refuge. Now watch this. Watch this. This is what he says. He says, in, again in Exodus 21, anyone who strikes a man and kills him shall surely be put to death. Now, what if, what if, here's an example. What if a guy is out there and he is chopping a tree? What if he's chopping a tree and a guy walks up behind him unexpectedly and walks up behind him and when this guy pulls the axe back, he doesn't even know anybody's behind him and that axe hits him in the forehead and he feels that bump and he turns around and this man is laying dead on the ground. Did this man kill that man? His kinman is now after this guy. Was it an accident? We realize it was an accident, but the law says blood for blood. Okay? Let's say he's chopping that same tree and he neglects to say uh, timber. But the tree falls and a guy, an innocent guy walking by gets trapped by the tree and he winds up, it kills him. He's guilty of that man's blood. What if a guy is building his house and he's, he's up on the second story and he's putting these rocks in place and one of these rocks slip out of his hand and fall down and, and he winds up hitting a guy in the head with a rock completely by accident, but he kills him. Let me tell you, he's guilty of putting, taking that man's life. His kinsman now is responsible to take this man's life. It was an accident. What if you're out in a boat and you're fishing and you're out there with this fellow and, and you slip and you knock him overboard and he drowns? You have now caused the death of that man. You're guilty. You didn't do it on purpose, but you're guilty. You've caused the life of another person to be taken. In our society today, it happens all the time. 
It's a car wreck. Or it's, it's a situation at work and it's accidental, but someone loses their life. It wasn't, there was no malice. But the law says, let me read it again. Anyone who strikes a man and kills him shall surely be put to death. But this is what the next verse says in Exodus 21 and verse 13. However, if he does not do it intentionally, but God lets it happen, he is to flee to a place I will designate. Now, I want you to know we could stop, I could stop right there and preach the rest of the day on what it said. However, if, it does not, if he does not do it intentionally, this phrase right here, but God lets it happen. Wow. I just want you to know we live in a fallen world. Okay? We live in a fallen world. And there's lots of things that happen on this earth that God has control over, but there's times that God just lets it happen. It's not that God has done it. Everything good and perfect comes from above. The devil or the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So, but we'll, we'll, not, we'll not go that direction. But he does say, however, if he does not do it intentionally, he is to flee to a place that I will designate. Now, I'm fixing to read in Joshua chapter 20 if you want to turn there. Now, this is where we're at in Joshua chapter 20. Understand, Moses was given a commandment that when you get in the promised land, I want you to set up six cities of refuge. We know that Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. Joshua has now gone into the promised land. They get over into the promised land and God tells Joshua to set up these cities of refuge. Now, watch. Watch this. A city of refuge was a place where if someone killed someone and there was no malice, it was completely an accident, these six cities that God told them to establish were called cities of refuge. And these men could run to these cities and find protection. But now let me make sure that you understand. He was not innocent, but he was allowed protection. So look what it says in Joshua chapter uh, 20 and verse 1. It said, The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out of your cities of refuge whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person... Now the slayer in this scripture is going to be the one that accidentally kills someone. That the slayer that killeth any person unaware, uh, unwittingly, may flee there. And they shall be your refuge for, from the avenger... Of the blood. Now, the avenger of the blood was the kinfolk that was coming after him. And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of the blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly, 
In other words, without malice and without hatred. So, and he shall dwell in that city and, uh, until he stands before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the high priest. So he tells him that they, he's going to find refuge in this city if he does this unwittingly. So watch this. All right, let's just say that happened. Let's say I'm out there cutting a tree and I raise the axe back and I hit somebody in the head and I turn around and I see that he's died. Let me tell you what, this is, this is what took place in that day. I hope you understand this. I mean, immediately, they understood what the law said. Immediately when he sees that man dead, it might have been his very best friend. But he recognizes that as soon as his kinfolk find him dead, they know he was working with me. They're coming out to kill me. Run. I mean, I turn around. Oh my goodness, man, I'm sorry. You're my very best friend. He takes off running. He's headed to a city of refuge because he knows his kinfolks, his brother, his daddy is fixing to come after him to take his life. That's the law. I mean, immediately when it happened, they recognized if I killed someone, if I took the life of someone, the blood was shed, I better get out of Dodge. He ran to these cities of refuge. Now, I'm not going to go over all of the scriptures that I have up here this morning, but it tells us that in Numbers 35 and 6, it tells us that there were six cities that were established as cities of refuge. Three on the west side of the Jordan River, three on the east side of the Jordan River. Now, if that was to happen to me, let's say, let's say that happened to me, and in that day I'm sitting here going, okay, well, how am I going to know where these cities are? How am I going to identify which one of these cities is a city of refuge? Let me tell you something. A city of refuge was this. This is what they had to have in a city of refuge. It had to be a large city. In other words, it wouldn't some little city or town in, a, in, the, in, in the corner of some place. These cities, all six of them, were on top of a hill. The road that led to these cities were wide and clear. This was not some pig trail to get to them. These cities of refuge were places that were well marked. They were well cleared. They were wide roads. When you got to running down the road and looking over your shoulder and hoping that kinfolk wasn't behind you too close, you'd get to a sign and there would be a sign and it would say refuge. These cities were, they were all marked with a place that said refuge. You knew which direction to go. The path was wide. It was clear. The gates of these cities of refuge were never closed. You could go any day, at any time of the night. They were always accessible. There were no limits to getting to the city of refuge. But, but, but watch this. We need to make sure that we understand that death is pursuing him. The avenger of the one that he has accidentally killed is on his heels. So when he gets to the, the gate of the city, the elders come. I mean, watch this. The elders are looking. 
They're looking for those people to come. They're always interested. They're looking for the one that has committed this, this offense. They were looking for him to arrive. So as soon as they arrived, the elders would come out. The one that has done the killing would plead his case. And they would say, okay, come in. We are now protecting you from your avenger. So we're going to watch over you. And then it says this. And it says they will have a judgment by the congregation. In other words, there would be a court hearing, what we would call it today. Now watch. Watch this. I love this. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 11. It says this. But if any man hates his neighbor, in other words, oh, I accidentally killed him, but now this guy owed me a lot of money, and I didn't really care for him, but I accidentally killed him. <laughs> that ain't going to fly. But if any man hate his neighbor and lie in wait for him and rise up against him and smite him mortally that he die and fleeth into one of these cities, then the elders of the city shall send and fetch him thence, deliver him into the hand of the avenger of blood, that he may die. And this is what he says, Thine eye shall not pity him, but thou shalt put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel, that it may go well with thee. Hey, listen. That old brother is standing outside the gate. And he's got a machete or a knife or whatever. And he they in there and they're saying, Listen, son, you told us one story, but... uh." Uh, you're guilty of taking that man's life. And they escort him out, and they hand him to that kinsman avenger. And listen, this, it's not, it was not the refuge city's job to, take, or to give out a death sentence. It was the, the job of the avenger to do that. It was that family's responsibility. But he says, listen, you don't have any pity on that man that took that other man's life. You go take him out there and you let him have him. That's what he told them. Whew. Boy, that's pretty stout. But now let me tell you again what the city of refuge was. city of refuge was a place. Everybody in, the, everybody in Israel respected the cities of refuge. If you accidentally killed someone and you got to the city of refuge before the avenger got there, the city of refuge was a place that you could stay. You were safe from the avenger. The avenger was not allowed inside the city to pursue his avengement. They respected that. Now I want you to know this. That avenger could sit outside that gate. He could put up a tent. And if that man stepped outside the gate, that avenger had the right to take his life. And he was completely innocent of that because it is his duty as that kinsman to take his life. That was his duty. Goodness gracious, Brother Wayne. What are you telling us all this history for? We don't do that today. We don't avenge our kinfolk. What are you telling us all this for? This is why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because the picture that God painted about this city of refuge in the Old Testament is exactly the picture that Jesus Christ paints on the cross. Watch. Every single one of us in here are guilty of death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages... 
Every single one of us is guilty. Hey, listen. Death is pursuing every single one of us. You're here, and I mean immediately when that guy accidentally put to death, I want you to know he took off and he ran to that city of refuge because he knew the avenger was coming. I want you to know if you're here today and you are a sinner, which every one of us are, you need to understand that death is pursuing you right now to take your life because of your sin. The wages of sin is death. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Every single one of us have death pursuing us. <laughs> but watch this scripture right here. I love this scripture. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. By two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. Now, listen to this part of the verse. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. In other words, let me tell you, if you're here this morning and you're recognizing this morning that you are a sinner, you need to flee to Jesus. You need to flee to Jesus. You need to run to Jesus right now. He is our refuge. He is our only hope in this world today. Jesus is the only thing that we have that's going to prevent us from suffering the wages of sin, which is death. The only thing. When we look at the word refuge, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about how Jesus can be our refuge or God is our refuge. In 2 Samuel 22, David says this, And David spoke unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul, the one that was pursuing him to put him to death. And he said, The Lord is my rock and He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. The God of my rock and Him will I trust. He is my shield and He is the horn of my salvation. He's my high tower. He's my refuge, my Savior. For Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. When the wages of death compassed me, and when the floods of ungodly men made me afraid, the sorrows of hell compassed about me, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and He did hear my voice out of His temple, and my cry did enter to his ears how many of us today are being pursued now now watch 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 this as Christians we can sometimes get off the path can anybody testify sometimes sometimes we get off the path talking to someone this week and <laughs> I have to be real careful how I say this. Someone asked me to pray for him this week. And I text back to him. I said, I hope you understand this. I've been praying for you every week for the last two years. And I have. Every week, I call them by name, and I pray for them. 
And their response back was something similar to this. See there, prayer doesn't work, does it? So I text back. said, you need to understand that when we pray, we're asking that God's will be done in our life, not our will. I sent that text, and then I sent another one, and I said, I wonder what it is that God is desiring to take place in your life. They sent back and said, yeah, I'm wondering that too. Because you see, sometimes we as Christians, we get off track. And God's pursuing us right now. And God wants us to return to that city of refuge. He, the grace that I was talking about that we're in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, I want us to understand. I want us to understand that though we are of great offense, it doesn't matter how far we've got off path. It don't matter if you're unsaved this morning. It doesn't matter what you've done. I want you to know Jesus Christ is standing at the gate of the city of refuge, the, wide, the, the, get, the road is wide for you to get there. The directions are easy. If you're under the hearing of my voice this morning, you understand, I've given you the direction. The refuge is this way. It's Jesus. We need to understand that. We need to understand that. Jesus is the only refuge that we have in this world today. I know y'all think I'm against all these folks. I'm not against them. I just think what they give out is hogwash. Oprah Winfrey doesn't have the answer. Dr. Field doesn't have the answer. Dr. Oz does not have the answer. If they're not sending you to Jesus, they're sending you in the wrong direction. And I don't have anything against them. They're allowed to give their own message. But if you're looking for the answers in life, the only hope you're going to find in this life is Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I'm telling you, don't let death catch you on the way to that city of refuge. Do it this morning. If you're a Christian here this morning and you've been running from God and you've been seeking your own pleasures, listen, turn back to that city of refuge. This may be your sign. Here's your sign this morning. Jesus is this way. Come follow Jesus. Now this is not a real familiar song. We sung it so 